Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello there. My name is Michael Laminato, and this is the very first episode of Pit Pass F1. Well, it's a pleasure to have your company for this, the trailer for Pit Pass F1, the brand new evergreen podcast launching this Friday, 3rd of March for the Bahrain Grand Prix. All this year, Pit Pass F1 will be bringing you news from the ground of every Grand Prix daily. And to give you a bit of a taste of what you're in for, I'm joined now by one of your esteemed hosts for the 2023 season, Julianne Serasoli. Hello, Michael. How are you doing? Wow, getting ready for this season. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. But exciting one as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about the length of it maybe later in the season. For now, it's just pure excitement, obviously. Everyone's very pumped up for it. Uh, this is a brand new podcast. So before we get into having a little bit of a look back at preseason testing and forecasting what we think might happen this weekend in Bahrain, tell me a little about you, Ju. How did you arrive in this very long Formula One calendar? <laughs> this is my 13th season. It makes me sound really, really old. But Formula <laughs> One is something I always enjoyed since I was a, a little girl watching it with my dad in Brazil. And it was always my dream to, to work in, in Formula One. And I started in 2011 doing a few races and then it got bigger and bigger. And since 2016, I've been doing the, the whole season and I'll be in all 23 races this year. We'll definitely catch up towards the end of the season. Well, naturally. Yeah, my, my voice is starting a little bit damaged <laughs> right now. So you're going to see it going downhill, but we're going to have a lot of fun as well. That's the reality of it, though. This podcast is bringing you what's really happening, including the human degradation over 23 <laughs> races. It's an integral part of it. That, that, is, that is true. But you can feel it in the voice, like, oh, uh, time zones and the fly and everything you can feel in the voice. It, it always happens. It, it's okay. This week, though, we don't have to worry too much about time zones because we will have the Bahrain Grand Prix, conveniently enough, we were testing in Bahrain only just this weekend past, which means everyone can kind of stay put, more or less. Plenty of new car parts undoubtedly will be freighted in between now and then to try and fix problems that may have been found or just purely for performance. Let's start, though, with what I guess is the big question of this year. Red Bull Racing won the championship with what turned out to be a pretty dominant season last year. How are things shaping up for the reigning champions in 2023? Yeah, if that's one thing that we saw in testing that we can guarantee is that Red Bull, every time they went to the track, they looked amazing. The car looked stable. Max could push with that car, which is something that didn't happen in the start of last season. Let's remember that the car, the, the front of the car was a bit too stuck for him. He didn't like it that much. And then the car evolved in a way that was better for his style of driving. He likes to push a lot during the in the middle of the corner and to get the, the car, the back of the car goes all over the place and he's comfortable with that. And this car this year seems to do exactly what he wants, which is this kind of behavior. So this is a one thing that we can be sure Red Bull are going to be really, really strong. 
Well, let's give some optimism, I guess, to the season, though, because looking at those testing times, maybe you'd be tempted to think there's not a lot of optimism to be had, but let's try and see if we can find any. Let's talk a little bit about Ferrari. They started last season with a lot of promise for quite a few, I want to say more than races, let's say months. Let's pretend that it was more optimistic than it was last year. It looked like they might be on for a championship challenge, but it ended with really quite an extreme level of disappointment. The team principal... Uh, resigned. I've put that in little quote marks as well. That's just the way it was. We've now got Fred Vassar as team principal there. How are things shaping up in the off-season, first of all, then leading, of course, into pre-season testing? What did we see of them? We are talking about Red Bull, but Ferrari looked very stable as well. A very good car. The only if with Ferrari was when they did the long run, the wrong run, and the medium tyre wasn't that good. But what they said is that they were trying something that they didn't know if it was going to work, and that's what testing is for. They tried, and it didn't work, and they can go back to what they know the car can do. What Fred said, it was very interesting, that he said, uh, we, when the car works, it really works. When it doesn't, it really doesn't. And now they know what they put in the car that makes it not work. That's what happened during testing. So Ferrari looked really strong as well. Fred is a very down-to-earth guy and he's going to do the changes he has to do. So far, he has done some kind of cosmetic t- changes, changed the, the chief of his strategy, but the, the guy he put in uh, on, uh, on Yaki's uh, position was kind of heading the strategy anyway, but it's going to be a new person sitting on the pit wall. So it gives a, a bit more of tranquility for the team. The team, uh, they, they work a little bit with their heart, so it's, it's good to have this kind of tranquility. And I think that they're going into the season maybe with the scars from last year, but learning from last year. I think they they can build up from what they did. Certainly we need at least a little bit of a fight, so let's keep fingers crossed that, <laughs> that is a competitive car. The big missing piece here, though, is Mercedes. Missing for, well, one whole year. Imagine that from the front of the Constructors' Championship battle. So dominant for so much of the last decade. Last year, though, was a real shocker by Mercedes' standards. How did you assess their pre-season? Because really, they had some big problems to fix last year. But do we get a sense of not only whether they're fixed, but whether the pace has returned? No, it's definitely a lot better than it was last season. That's clear. So when they say in the, the second day, they had a, a bit of a slip and they were concerned and all that. And make, maybe try to make people understand that they were concerned, but not in the same level that they were 12 months ago. They were concerned because one of the biggest biggest problems with the car uh, last year was that it lacked consistency. So it was really good and then really bad, really good, really bad. And then it was really good in the first day of testing and in the second day, the front of the car simply wasn't working. That's why the, the alarm bells were ringing, like, oh my God, is this <laughs> happening again? It's because of everything that happened last year. But then third day, the car worked again. So they, they are in a better position. If you compare the long runs, try to feel, correct everything, if we cannot do it 100%, but mm-hmm. we can have an estimate. They, sound, they, they, they seem to be okay. And they, they're not fighting with Aston Martin for the, the leader of the second pack or something like that. They are closer to, to what they were uh, last year. So the, situ- the situation is a lot better than 12 months ago, but still they had a lot to catch up to fight for a title, for wins consistently last year. So let's see 
exactly uh, how much better they are or if they can fight for wins or not I, they cannot fight for the championship that's not they're not there yet but let's see if wins is a possible thing there's a, a real big question mark over the midfield and we could really analyze this to death and really get to no conclusions because i mean that's also the beauty of testing isn't it it's hard to draw very many conclusions from it but there's one point i want to pull out and that is fernando alonso the approximately 150 year old superstar from formula one <laughs> only 41 years old power to him he's doing very well he made the jump from alpine last year to aston martin and that raised a few eyebrows at the time not only because of the way he did it but because he was jumping from a team that was fourth or finished fourth eventually in the standings down to the team that finished seventh and yet on the base of preseason testing and you touched on it there briefly Aston Martin looks pretty good maybe some of it is exaggerated but certainly they look better than they did last year this is going to take a little bit of guesswork I guess a little bit of divining but what's the vibe around Aston Martin for this year and can Fernando Alonso claim all the credit if they jump up the order and I say can because we know that he will <laughs> but can he actually do it I'm trying to remember something he said I think it was in the Ferrari times they are not respecting my four tens I don't remember <laughs> if it was four tens or if it was six because that number changed so he was Probably, this is a non-technical answer. This is probably just Fernando Alonso in the car, you know? <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the funny thing about this preseason with Aston Martin is that the only driver they could count on to say, um, okay, this is a big step forward, ended up being Felipe Drugovic, the Brazilian driver who drove a Formula One car three times before going into this preseason. But two of these times was with, uh, were with the, the Aston Martin car last year in, in Abu Dhabi during the free practice and then in the, the postseason testing. And he said, oh, it's, it's a big step forward. I remember talking to him just after the free practice in, in Abu Dhabi. And he said, the difference between me and Vettel that I could realize during the session is that, okay, when I was just driving the car, it was easy. When I tried to push, the car started to do loads of things that I wasn't expecting and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I saw the traces uh, of what Vettel was doing. He had a lot of answers to everything the car was doing. So the difficulty is when he tried to push. So Felipe, now with this new car, when he tried to push, he said it was easy. So that's also always a good sign that the car, if the car is easy when it's pushed, then it's a good car. So we know that, but how good is it? Then it's a lot of guesswork. We haven't seen what Alpine can do. And I think it's, it's between them, isn't it? Because McLaren is a little bit behind. That certainly was one of the stories. McLaren may be falling backwards. The midfield, though, is very tight. It has been for several years. We really only know, well, fundamentally, race by race, it does tend to change. But it's going to take a real proper qualifying session, like the one we're going to get this weekend in Bahrain, to know how it's going to go. But I wonder if I could ask you, or maybe this is actually going to be a very easy question. I was building it up to be a very difficult one about a prediction for this weekend. I feel like it might be easy to pick <laughs> who you think is going to win. Maybe even who you think is going to pick second. But please humor me. Um... Ferrari are going to win. Oh, great answer. <laughs> I love to hear it. Yeah, I, I, I just want to, to keep the hopes alive. <laughs> something, something may happen. You never know. You never do know. And that's the beauty of having the first race so soon after testing. And whatever does happen, Pit Pass F1 will have you covered throughout the Grand Prix weekend with daily updates from the ground in Bahrain. 
Julianne, we'll hear from you this weekend. Good to chat. Oh, it was a great pleasure. So people got to know me a little bit better. I know to go wild with my predictions and I will do that. <laughs> I'm not afraid of making mistakes and I'll do that throughout the season for you guys. <laughs> Great to hear from Julianne ahead of the season. And I look forward to you hearing from some of our other hosts over the course of the year too. If you want to be kept up to date with the latest in Formula One, now's the time to hit subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The first episode of Pit Pass launches this Friday, 3rd of March. My name's Michael Laminato, and Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.